This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm good, Josh. I mean, usually here is when I try to uh, insert some banter, some maybe non-FPL banter. But the first thing that strikes me upon sitting down to do this podcast, uh, you know, you open up a zillion tabs, so we have all the information at the ready. The first thing I see at fplstatistics.co.uk. And this is the, if you don't know this site, go there to find out who's on the verge of a price rise or a price fall. <laughs> right. Guess who is number one top of the players to rise list right now? Top of the players to rise list right now. Um, this player is 99 percent to rise <laughs> tonight, uh, uh, Monday evening. Uh, uh, Mohamed Salah. You are correct. It is Mohamed Salah priced at 10.5 million pounds. He is number one to rise tonight. That means people are bringing in Mohamed Salah after game week. Uh, What game week did we just finish? 29? (laughs) I just want to I just want to take a moment and, and maybe maybe a few of you are out there listening to this podcast right now to put put ourselves in the headspace of somebody after he scores a goal through the five hole. Mm-hmm. On Dubrovka, uh, who's like, oh, you know what, Salah? I, I think you're the one. I think I need to finally uh, make room for you <laughs> in my team. I like that he only got one goal in this game. And when I say like, I mean I am enraged by it because <laughs> I don't know if you saw the very end of that match, Brandon. Oh, yeah, the, I watched the, the whole thing. The, baby, referee uh, decide, back to front. the referee decided that he felt bad for Newcastle and was not going to give a penalty. I, I the guy Not once, but get, twice. To the guy even get close to the ball, I mean, it was the, it was like the last kick of the game, and that that kick was right into Salah's shins, um, and that was pretty much the end of the match. Uh, well, there was, was there shocking. was the initial challenge, or not the initial. There was an er, there was the one where Lascelles was made a like robbed him of a goal scoring opportunity, right? Uh, and I like think the, the replay showed it was something. just outside the box. That said, it was still. A red card, and and I think it was close enough that they could have, given how that yes. game was refereed, they could have mm-hmm. mistaken it and called a penalty. Yes, 
But there were two pretty clear penalty shouts at the end of that game. And um, I guess we can use this as a segue into talking about how we did this game week. But um, you and I were on opposite sides of the FPL captaincy fence. I, you know, despite the better angels of our nature, I again went with Harry Kane, (laughs) captain, (laughs) and you went with Mo Salah. So I... I was just cackling with a villainous laughter when those <clears throat> non-calls were happening against Mo Salah. It was insane. I was getting away with murder yeah. right there, kn- and I knew it, it. Yeah, and we know with Salah that uh, he needs at least a brace to get any bonus points. Um, you know, it's just the way the, the system punishes aggressive attacking. But I, I actually have a new theory about the bonus point system. Do you want to hear this theory, Brennan? Yeah, lay it on me, man. Uh, the bonus point system, in my opinion, is pretentious. Okay. okay. <laughs> I think it is a pretentious system. The bonus point system is it is like being a fan of uh, the Smiths or something like that? <laughs> it's just like it's the stuff you can't see, man. You know, it's like it's rewarding. Like, like real life rewards people who are good at the other things. Like the bonus point system should reward fantasy results. And I'm like, we have like it's pretentious to me that we have to like nod in the general direction of, you know, like. Statistics that don't really have a lot to do with the FPL game. Like, I am fine with the fantasy game being a very skewed picture of real life. A, like, totally unrealistic picture where someone like N'Golo Conte has absolutely no value, right? Even though he's, you know, one of the ten most valuable players in the Premier League. Okay. You know, so this (laughs) This this sounds a lot like the don't tax the rich to me. (laughs) I just, I don't know if the game has has changed, you know, if, if the kind of open... You know, if the game has gotten more attacking and the bonus system hasn't kept up or what. But at this point, to me, the bonus system has very little. It seems to have very little reflection on the actual fantasy game, the way it's played. And it's sort of nodding at that things that don't really have a lot to do with fantasy. So that that's my that's my little theory. That, well, isn't uh, that but isn't that the point of the bonus system is to actually help uh, give you incentivize bringing players into your squad that. Uh, wouldn't like, otherwise get attacking points, and and it's okay, like making just, you making you eat your vegetables. Is that what you're saying? Oh, it's like it's the broccoli or cauliflower of, of a the little game. bit. And I, I guess I agree with you insofar as that's a no-win situation. Like just because Nemanja Matic, okay, bad week to make an example of Matic because he actually scored his <laughs> first goal for Manchester United. But right. take any other week, sure, uh, sure. Okay, just because Matic is being rewarded by PPS, he's. Despite him getting bonus, uh, he doesn't he doesn't even register an actual bonus point because he's just not um, a viable FPL asset. So the problem that the FPL is trying to solve with the bone with the BPS system, it right. isn't even really solving. Like exactly. if week on week, Musa Dembele is a. F- gets a four pointer and you can rely on that. Then I think the bonus point is really, uh, the bonus point system is really interesting Yes, because then suddenly, uh, we're talking about Musa Dembele and Deli Ali. Okay. That, that's a subject of an entirely different segment, <laughs> but I think sure. you see where I'm going with this. Yeah, uh, I do. And it's like, I, I would be happy with the system to get reformed to, to, and we've talked about this in, in previous podcasts, the system to get reformed to, to benefit defensive midfielders and, and defend you know, people who just don't really get, um, you know, the kind of uh, attacking returns that make them super valuable um, from an FPL perspective. Um, but it's, it feels like right now, like the, the bonus point system is sort of caught between two worlds. Yeah. And it's just it's very unsatisfying. And it just it continues to punish 
the best fantasy players, it seems like, at least this yeah. season. You know, these the players right. who are the most aggressive in attacking. I mean, you know, Mo Salah is going to finish with, like, you know, a record high for a midfielder. He's on about five bonus points on the season, you know, because <laughs> the system just, you know, does not reward what he's good at. So, yeah. Um, it didn't, and if, if someone like Mo Salah isn't cleaning up the bonus point system, I, I feel like something's wrong with it. Yeah. Uh, I think at the end of the season, right. And I think at the end of the season, there's going to be a lot of talk about chips and are, are these chips still working and what new chips can we introduce? I think for me right now, if the FPL game could change anything, it is to create a, uh, an actual point system for tackles and completed sure, passes. Totally. I, I would love that idea. Yeah, really just, like, just like De Gea gets a point for three saves. This exact same thing should happen for tackles and passes completed. And then suddenly the the floodgates open with players that could become viable. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't have a problem if, you know, I mean, right now, like the, the fantasy game, right, you can, you can obviously you can pick any player in any team. You know, a good, what, like 60% of them are just completely dead on arrival, like you'd never even consider them. You know, if everyone was a viable option, I mean, it would be a total headache, but it would be exciting. Yeah. You know, it'd be really, yeah. it'd be a huge challenge, and it would definitely break us away from these template teams that you see right now, where everyone's got you know eight of the same eleven players in their lineup. So, um, anyway, I, I, we weren't even this was being on the running order. So I'm sorry to totally distract you with this, but um, it was just Dude, it was an actual S- FPL related banter session by the <laughs> OS true. cheaters. Yeah. Should we talk quickly about Game Week 29, how we did? Sure. How did you do? Uh, I, I think for a lot of managers, it was a very average week, small green, small red arrow. Coming out of the Monday uh, Palace Men United fixture, I thought I would actually be better set up. Um, Sterling didn't play, and I had six points from Shane Duffy coming off the bench. I've been waiting a, a millennia for <laughs> yeah. Duffy to actually return something, so I'm thrilled to have him come off the bench um, with his bonus point and his uh, lovely assist, his compatriot dunk, which I'm sure we'll uh, get to a little bit later in the podcast. But 52 points on the week, and I ended up with a small red arrow. I think I dropped um, you know, about 15,000 places. Uh, actually, no, it looks like I only dropped about uh, a couple thousand places to 133K. So still, it's going to come down to how I play the double game weeks, but um, you know, maybe top 50K is still a pretty um, solid target for me. Sure. Not, not too frustrated. But uh, big, big highlights here. My first clean sheet from Virgil van Dyke. Happy to see that. Uh, and Jordan Ayew uh, kind of saved my game week with his penalty and bonus point there. With the brothers Ayew coming in and uh, tag teaming on that penalty. <laughs> You know, like five weeks ago, uh, when I when I played my wild card, and I played it very early, as as long time listeners of the podcast will know, or a long time, anyone who's listened the last five weeks would know. Um, and uh, I was, you know, I was really debating between IU and um, Callum Wilson. Well, actually, no. At the time, it wasn't Callum Wilson. It was um, Glenn Murray. No, no. I wish Glenn Murray. I would love to think. I'd love to say that was early in Glenn Murray. Uh, no, it was Ashley Barnes, and okay. um, I like Bar- uh, uh, Burnley's fixtures, and so I, I went with Barnes and um, o- over over IU, and uh, you know, it's, it, and so Barnes, I ultimately like I cut bait on right away because um, you know Callum Wilson was was clearly this, this amazing player with four great fixtures coming up. Yeah, real um, bandwagon happening yeah. there, and rightfully so. Exactly, and so I've kind of missed all of the. All of the IU points and all of the Barnes points 
Um, and I've just been getting two points week in and week out. You've been uh, getting you know, the, the Walcott-esque points. Exactly, exactly. And uh, so uh, I, I finished on 44 points. I had a super disappointing week. Um, lost my Fernandez-Swansea clean sheet really late, which was uh, very What did we talk about last week, Josh? Oh, we talked yeah. about the uh, the Pyrrhic victory of uh, <laughs> right. West Ham. Uh, they, they're yeah. the maestros of scoring <clears throat> meaningless goals. So true. They are, they are the West. They are the the West Ham Pyrrhic victories. Um, and I, uh, yeah, Mkhitaryan uh, lost an assist from him. Two loss assists from Mkhitaryan in three days. And that was one. One was the penalty, which actually cost yeah. me my, my head to head with you. Um, yeah. And the other one was. Um, the unmarked header that uh, Koscielny couldn't uh, score on. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, Arsenal... No vitriol on that comment. Oh, I mean, just the whole team is a joke. I mean, I can't believe I have an Arsenal player in my squad right now. Um, and what was actually most frustrating for me this week was actually, you know, because I didn't burn a transfer, and, you know, good on me having $3 million on my bench. Well, lo and behold, uh, James Ward-Prowse doesn't play at all. I don't know yeah. the most... The most, you know, uh, kind of attack-minded, um, dynamic player in that squad the last two well, months. It, it, and even if I don't fully agree with that assessment, he's at least a leader, which that Southampton team really struggles for leadership. And I think he brings a sense of yeah. gravity to but the, he's been, to the he, proceedings. In both the FA Cup and in the in the Premier League, he's just been, he's been really, you know, played very well. He's been very attacking. Yeah, um, just yeah, solid yeah. player. And then, so they play a, a you know toothless nil nil draw, and he doesn't get a minute off the bench. Yeah, um, and it was just like, yeah, this is this is your team, Southampton. You know, like <laughs> good, good, good for you. You know, your team is is the most boring team in the Premier League, and I include West Brom in that category. Wow. Um, so I got uh, you know, so I ended up having you know Sterling, Sterling didn't play either, um, and one point from De Gea, two points from Ben Chilwell. I was excited when he came on on the twentieth minute. And they it was good seeming. To, yeah, they proceeded to uh, concede a penalty like four minutes later. Uh, so that was that was fun. Um, and he was just, it was in, you know, obviously Callum Wilson again, just, you know, maybe the most disappointing player in, in the Premier League right now, um, given his given his fixtures and that kind of excitement that that came after that goal assist and, and three bonus points um, uh, in the Chelsea match. You know, yeah, so, and, the, so. and the, the fixtures are starting to turn for Bournemouth <laughs> as well. Yeah, it's a complete, he's a complete joke. Um, so for 44 points, I am really, uh, feeling, I, I am in the full, like the full on FPL, like get me to the double game weeks or, or get me out of here. Yeah. Generally, like, even if, even if you are, uh, you know, having a great time right now in FPL, I think this is definitely the point in the, like a black hole in the season. Yeah. Where we see now, it in traffic. You know? Definitely. <laughs> it's yeah. like the, the last two uh, match weeks. I mean, if you're Manchester City, each victory gets you closer and closer to hoist, hoisting that trophy. I mean, every yeah. every match matters, yeah. but this is that point in the season where it feels like they're playing friendly matches out there. You just look <laughs> at how Chelsea played that match against City, and they're like they're they're ready for Hazard is ready for the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, uh, he is. I mean, that was just a weird. I I, I did, one nil would not have been my 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 score prediction for that match. That is just no, not, 
Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, definitely not. Um, going going back to the whole, um, should they award consistent points to passes completed? I think this is the match in which Manchester City broke the Opta record for most completed passes in an entire match. Wow. And can you imagine those those sequences in which the City defense and deep lying midfielders were just exchanging like five passes back and forth? Um, <laughs> Just you know, to boost, apparently just to boost the stats. I guess that's also demoralizing. Uh, it could be a mental tactic. I was so demoralized by that Arsenal game. I have, I, I can't believe I'm admitting this, but I did not watch Man, Man City Chelsea. I just, just straight up didn't watch it. I was, you know, Sterling wasn't in the 18 and I couldn't believe that I didn't get anything from Mkhitaryan in the, in the Brighton <laughs> match. Uh, I couldn't believe you didn't get the assist on that. You know, the Kachani didn't score on that on that unmarked header. Yeah. Um, and so I actually uh, I watched the movie Rush, the um, starring uh, uh, Daniel Bruhl and Chris Hemsworth. Have you seen this? It's a uh, it's oh, is, um, Formula One drivers. Oh, in, okay. Uh, no, I haven't 19, seen this movie. Nineteen nineteen seventies. Uh, it was super fun, and I'm pretty sure it was more fun than than Man City Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was a strange game for sure. I mean the the one FPL takeaway there was um, Ederson might be a pretty decent replacement for De Gea coming up, mm-hmm. and yep. also David Silva is back. And you know now we're now we're all getting the itchy trigger about what to do with Raheem Sterling, and David David Silva came out. In this match, and, and said to all FPL managers, forgot about Dre. So here we are. Yeah, and Bernard Silva too, who I you know really didn't. Uh, I, I really don't rate that highly. At least I've said so in the podcast. But he is he's definitely played. I mean, he's really young. You know, I mean, I think he's like you know, uh, what is he like 20, uh, 20 years old, maybe something like that. So you know, he's like a, he's he's like a give it time player. I just don't like the way he's looked in that squad so far. But it looks like maybe he's found his. Uh, he he Some looks gear with, with Sterling out. Maybe he, he seems older than that to me. I noticed in his post match interview, he had a tuft of chest hair coming up from <laughs> uh, his jersey. You you so rarely see uh, players have actual body hair coming out, you know, out of their kit. And this is one of <laughs> my theories cool. about uh, why Wayne Rooney always wears long sleeves. It's not because um, he has offensive tattoos. Probably because he has lots of um, body hair, but uh, that he's ashamed of. <laughs> All right, so you and I had uh, just okay game weeks, uh, but we have people who actually did reasonably well. I mean, it's kind of a just okay week in yeah. general. I'm looking at the top ten of the Always Gene Super League right now, and you know, 69 points I think is is the high score there. So it's you know, it was it was not a it was not a week for for massive returns. I I saw the classic person on Twitter earlier today who was like. Well, I'm I'm on 71, and uh, you know I think I might be able to hold on to my green arrow. And I was like, yeah, I, I think you might, you know. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And I have Benteke to play, so is that any good? <laughs> yes, that any good. He picked up his uh, 11th assist in three <laughs> matches or whatever it is. All right, let me read through the always cheating Super League top 10 after okay. game week 29 here, real quick, Joshua. Uh, okay. Starting at number 10, it's Adrian Falk. Revdal, I think this is a new entry to the top 10. His team name is Bodillos, scoring 61 on the week. Ninth place, Eric Pedersen's Benkin Ball Club. Uh, kind of a lower score there, 49, but ma- maintains his status in the top 10. Moving up in eighth place, Andrew Ferguson's two, girl one, two Girls One Schlup. Seventh place, Stevie Sunshine Cruise Control. Dropping to sixth place, it's Aaron Matheson's Heaten Up. 
And in fifth place, Jagretto, that's Georgi Bashavanov's squad. Fourth and, and then one through four. These are all these are all they all are in fixed positions since last <laughs> that's week. That's right. Not to give anything away here, but in fourth place, Joe Stone for Fuchs Ake IU Blund. Third place, Graham McDonald, Gamchester United. Sorry, Josh. Graham didn't actually score 107 points. Yeah, there's something weird with the score there a minute ago. <laughs> Second place, it's Prakar Batal, Crazy Coutinho. And in first place, it's team name. That's Jamal Rice's squad. Josh, I give you one guess as to what Jamal Rice's overall rank is in the world. I am going to guess 12th. Whoa, wow. You're like, yeah. you're, uh, you're, you're prescient. I pulled it up while you were talking. Uh, yeah. yeah, very, very, very impressive, Jamal. Uh, 12th. In the, have you ever been 12th in the world at anything, Brandon? Uh, get back to me on that. I mean, okay. I'm sure there. I get sure I can find one thing that uh, maybe like I you ever chew gum and spit out the gum and then kick it <laughs> before it hits the ground. In mid-flight, Wait. I've probably been 12th in the world in distance covered by kicked chewing gum. Well, you're like a aren't you like a production director or something like that? Isn't that your title? Something in something in that in that category. Something I'm, that range. I'm basically a project manager, sure. Project manager. Well, perhaps you're the one of the top twelve project managers <laughs> in the United States, and in oh, who also works in book publishing. Yeah, yeah. No, that I, think that's a, I think that's it's a possible. fair assessment. I actually yeah, might be yeah. top ten in that case. <laughs> it could be top five even. That's um, our message yeah, to so. always cheating listeners. You're all top ten at something. But right. if you want to be top ten at the Always Cheating Super League, just go to alwayscheating.com. Click the, click the league tab. There's an auto-join button. It's never too late. I mean, I would scoff at anyone who joined the Super League with, with just nine weeks to go. That's not really sporting of you. Oh, but. go ahead. I, I wouldn't <laughs> scoff. Don't, don't tell people you'll scoff at them. Man. Actually, not- we, we need all the uh, great managers. I mean, we already have all of them because it's the Super League. It's the greatest it's league, league in the world. Yeah. But we got to yeah. get on the FPL homepage. That's the dream. Yeah. If you want to never have a green arrow, if you if you if you want every time you look at your your total list of scores to be all greens and one red, I highly suggest joining the the Super League because it's a good reality people, check. People yeah. often share those screenshots with us. Uh, rant of the week, Jeremiah Johnson. I brought in Lewis Dunk in game week ten. Since then, I have seen three own goals, twenty eight goals conceded, five clean sheets, and zero attacking points. After last week's own goal, I was going to rage transfer him out. However, I predicted here on the Slack that Karma would ensure Dunk would score this game I, week. I saw Jeremiah's post on the Slack, and I, I favorited it because I'm a Duffy owner, and I said I co-signed his <laughs> prediction that Dunky yeah. would dunk, dunk would dunky, dunk, Duffy dunky. and Dunk, <laughs> Duff and Dunky. I like it. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I saw this. This was a bold prediction by Jeremiah. Fast forward to Friday night after waking up after the, after waking up on the couch um, after midnight. I brought in Mustafi for Masuaku. Oh yeah, for a minus four and benched Dunk. Eleven point swing. I am six foot seven and I just got dunked on. <laughs> <laughs> that well that is amazing. Yeah. Hashtag dunked on, and yeah. uh, I think we can make that a thing. That I think we've all been there, right? Like yeah. it's 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 Friday night. You fell asleep somewhere yeah. a bit strange. You wake up in a cold sweat and realize you haven't set your team. That's always when you make the worst decisions. Don't you think that every time someone scores now against Arsenal, they have to give half their points to Peter Cech? Because he, he's basically at fault for every goal. Well, you, uh, you saw his, his tweet or whatever social media sure. post it was where he 
he uh, took the blame for all of it, which was listen. Sad. Well, I wouldn't want to emasculate. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was totally your your fault, Peter Check. People, I mean, it was people, terrible. Yeah, people, to- exactly. People like Peter Check seems like a really like a super nice guy, and you know, I would love to, um, you know, like buy him a beer at some point in, yeah. in his life. And, you know, but I mean, that does not mask the fact that he has been terrible. And <laughs> if I, however, if I were Peter check, I would be tempted to post on social media, um, adding, uh, Mustafi, would it kill you to mark a man for once in your oh, life? I know. And uh, Kolosnik didn't, didn't have the yeah, finest defensive game either. Brandon, let's take a quick break and let's get into our game week 30 preview. Okay. Same old podcast, always shaming. Game Week 30 is here, Brandon. It is the week before the Game Week 31. Perhaps you've heard about this, this, this Game Week 31 on the horizon. Only four, four fixtures in Game Week 31. <laughs> I, I could tell even our, even our listeners are getting sick of talking about Game Week 31. because oh, we didn't, sure. We, did, we only got one question about it. So, I mean, we will <laughs> talk about it. It is the going concern of managers, certainly a going concern of mine. But I think everyone's like, let's get it over already. I think, okay, part of the problem with Game Week 30, just as like, a, like an overview before we get into the Game Week itself, it is a tricky, if you, if you want to bring in players for Game Week 31, like I actually have, I, you know, I have two free transfers going to Game Week 30. All of the players that I would want to bring in don't have very good fixtures. You know, it's, uh, let's say you wanted, you, you thought about maybe Troy Deeney, uh, they play away to Arsenal. I mean, okay, maybe that's not like the worst fixture anymore, but it's not. It's not a great fixture still. And uh, Liverpool play Man United. Uh, Stoke play Man City. Bournemouth play Spurs. <laughs> There's really just. It's very hard to to plan for game week 31 this week. I mean, I, I really. I think what I'm almost certainly going to do is just is just burn one transfer. Uh, and then hold two for for the next game week. Yep, I'm totally in the same boat as you, and had the same thinking. I I didn't use a transfer in 29, and I'm planning to not use two going into 30. Just as you say, because there, if if we're if you're not planning a free hit in 31, uh, there's there are not a lot of 31 players here worth playing in game week 30. It's I you know so I, I think whatever move I'm going to make just because you know I guess Everton Everton are the one team if you if you can if you can if you can stomach having an Everton player uh, and given their run of fixtures it's it's not an easy thing to recommend they they do play Brighton which is uh, you know a pretty decent fixture Brighton have been pretty good at home they've been pretty bad on the road yeah. so I do think Everton win this game I mean the last time they played a a mediocre team at home. I think it was was it Huddersfield two weeks ago, um, or someone someone like someone like that. Uh, they they did put you know three three goals past them. So um, maybe was it West Ham? I can't. Remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so I do think that Everton's attacking potential is there. Um, I mean, and, and just talking about if, the run in real quick, there was an interesting chart that was posted on the Telegraph's website or or their social media stream. I, I plucked it off of, of some social media channel. And they did a comparison of run-ins. And the easiest run-in in the league starting now goes to Leicester City, then Liverpool, and in third place, it's Everton. Now, that's all well and good to say when ever when uh, Everton is actually one of the worst foreign teams in the league right now. So what does that actually right. mean? But right. um, yeah, if you're, if, you're, if you're not playing a wild card for a while, in theory... Right. Everton is maybe not a not the worst bet you can make. 
It's true. Maybe, maybe you know, uh, what about Huddersfield, maybe, I think? Uh, oh, yeah. The, Huddersfield is a target for 31 for me. I think Lossell is going to be... I have no keeper to play in 31, and... Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we can have a conversation about how to play defense in 31 and it isn't even worth trying to find clean sheets where there are none in a, in a pretty dismal game week. But Lossell is among the more affordable and Huddersfield, at, uh, uh, I, think they could, I think they could conceivably do it against Palace. Yeah, I, I, think, I think they could as well. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, a cis king Christian Benteke will be going up against them. So it's it's a hard, it's yeah, that's a hard tough. one. I mean, when you see Christian Benteke bearing down, you know, you you get your your knees suddenly become baby food. By the way, that was like that was an insanely lucky goal, right? That that first goal from Townsend, it was going the complete other direction. I mean, it was yeah. that is it's one of those like it's on targets. So he can't call it an own goal, but that is that is the own goaliest goal that he's ever going to score. <laughs> All right, so let's look no. at the fixtures here. Uh, Man United play Liverpool. Is this fixture finally bad enough for you to to captain someone besides Mo Salah? I mean, you have not been captaining Salah much I know. in general. I mean, yeah, I feel like every game week preview we do, I'm coming off of like a, a counterfactual into the the captaincy <laughs> right. discussion. Right. Either I captained Kane and it didn't work, or I captained Salah and it was just ho hum, and I captained Kane in 29, and Salah beat him, um, despite not even getting any bonus points. I mean, Harry Kane still, he still had shots. I think, let's see, he had the most shots, six shots in total against Huddersfield. Um, But still, he doesn't really look in great form right now. Yeah, yeah. So Kane doesn't look in good form. Mo Salah is in scintillating form. You don't need me to repeat it. Just, hey, just go to fplstatistics.co.uk. <laughs> He's going to price rise. We're all going to make money. It's like going It's going to uh, an Oprah. It's like, you get a Mo Salah. You get a Mo Salah. Everyone so you gets think, one. you think you might captain Mo Salah. You've finally okay, so, been shamed into it. No, nah, that's, that's just the preamble. Um, mm, okay. I mean, it's... I don't know. I, I think we have to talk about this. I want to hear. I want to yeah. hear what you have to say. I also. I. Also, I uh, could you? I met this. The reversed fixture was a nil-nil draw. We all know mm-hmm. that um, the way Jose Mourinho will play. The fact of the matter, though, is that United will probably want to play a little more expansively, being that they're at home. The Old Trafford fans will. Will want to see some attacking play. Does that leave right. them open to counterattack? I mean, the United defense did not look spectacular against Crystal Palace. Smalling and Lindelof, that pairing is probably not going to feature against Liverpool. But, um, you know, United aren't in great defensive form coming into this match. All that said, everything that we have been saying about Kane ad nauseum still comes into play. And and it's like everything goes against Harry Kane in a way. Spurs are away from home, uh, and Harry Kane is not in good form at all. Glenn Murray mm-hmm. has scored more goals in the Premier League in 2018 than Harry Kane has. They do play the Bournemouth defense. Bournemouth yes. has a terrible defense. Yes. Uh, one, one of the worst in the league. Yep. Um, I really think he I, – I, to me, this is like – you know, it takes a, it takes a bit of a – you know, it, it takes Liverpool playing a pretty bad team, I think, to not Campton Salah right now. Um, 
or at a red plane and playing a pretty tough tough team yeah. um, to not captain Salah. And I think that Man United at home, I don't know. I, you know, honestly, I don't blame you. If you just captain Salah and you just think, you know what, this guy has gone like two weeks all season without an attacking turn, and I'm sure he's going to get returns again, you're probably right. Um, I probably am going to go ultimately with Harry Kane yeah. uh, away to Bournemouth. I mean, they're just their defense is so bad and and so old. And I don't know why Eddie Howe hasn't fixed it. It's like I can't. It's like my mind can't. Like how Francis and Daniels are still playing for Bournemouth. Like how are they still getting minutes? Like these Nathan guys are Ake so, hasn't been all that great for them this season been, either. He's been decent though. He's had he's had some moments and defensively and and as an attacker, but. Um, I, I just think they need like four Nathan. Like they need four players of his quality, you know, or at least some something approaching it. Yeah. Um, you know, and so yeah. Uh, all right. So I'm, I'm not saying this, yeah. Josh, because you convinced me. You mm-hmm. didn't convince me of anything. I think I was always going to do this, but I think uh-huh. Harry. Harry I, I definitely <laughs> in the Harry Kane yeah. bus team situation right now. Okay. So uh, what? Okay. We're well. You know, we're being very narrow. We're being we're. You know, we're only looking at one track here, and I, I don't like it when when articles or or, or podcasts only look at one track. So what what is what is it beyond you know beyond Salah, beyond Kane? You know, who else could we look at if we were trying to be creative? If we were trying to think outside the box a little bit? Um, I mean, you know, Marcus Alonso at home to Palace. Or, well, uh, it, 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 sure, Chelsea coming off of the last couple of matches, they look like a team that is. They're veering into the Arsenal conversation right now and that there is a lot of trouble with their manager. The players certainly aren't playing for their manager. What is the uh, what is the goal heading into the summer for either of these clubs? It does worry me. I mean, I mean, that said, Alonzo, Alonzo going to do what Alonzo going to do. And he (laughs) he even almost uh, scored against City there at the death. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So I don't hate that. And. Hazard, you know, doesn't strike me as the type of player that um, is going to cry yeah. cry about it. But uh, right, what, that that team about... is worried. Man, look, look, Man City against Stoke. Stoke mm-hmm. is terrible. Can yeah. we can we please point that out? I mean, this is could I, you could roll out maybe the the uh, off Ballyhood KDB captaincy. Well, you tell me. I mean, you refuse to captain KDB. So I guess I do. You... And uh, I think somebody pointed this out on the always cheating Slack is that. De Bruyne did look a bit fatigued against Chelsea. Yeah, his uh, his form has dipped a little bit, right? I'm I'm looking at his. Um, okay, let's see here. Well, I mean, I guess he's only two weeks removed from a, a 13 point return in that in that Leicester match. But yeah, yeah, you know, three of the last four, he he has mm-hmm. gone without attacking returns. Very much eye test, and I do. Um, it seems clear that De Bruyne is intent on playing as many matches as possible this season, be they league matches or, or cup matches or um, yeah. uh, Champions League matches. And I do think he's smart enough to know when he can when he can walk instead of run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that Chelsea team was inviting KDB to basically just slouch his way through the 90 minutes. And uh, I mean, he has he has been in the press talking about fatigue and that's a, an issue. But uh, I mean, other so much. Do, if you still have Aguero, we have seen yep. no real signs of Jesus uh, uh, getting back into the starting lineup. But, I mean, that that could turn on a dime for sure. Yeah, that would be the only concern. Um, and he has been a little better at home than, than he has been away. 
Um, yeah, I, I really think it's it's Kane this this week is, is kind of the obvious obvious pick there. Um, yeah, I, and and just with City and Spurs and Liverpool, we have to monitor the Champions League matches on Tuesday and Wednesday. So you know from. From injury to who rotation, that's just something to flag. Uh, a couple questions about Man United Liverpool that that came up. Um, Andy Anderson says I've been holding Pogba as a hopeful differential. Uh, is there any chance he lights it up and plays uh, forward the rest of the season? <laughs> uh, I don't think there's a reason to hold on to Pogba right now at all. Particularly looking at. Uh, United's fixtures coming up and they they play Liverpool as we mentioned this game week then they blank Swansea at home great and then it's the Manchester Derby so you've you've got three game weeks in which Pogba doesn't look very desirable and he's been out of form and uh, I just don't like Pogba at the moment no I I, I totally agree I think I mean, at, th- at that price point um, there's just so many other ways you can go I mean you can you can pick up a game week thirty one player. You can look at um, at Christian Eriksen. Um, you know, I guess. I mean, you could even look at Ar- Ar- you know Arnautovic. Um, yeah, I just don't think. Uh, I you know having eight million you know in in Pogba does not sound like a good investment right now. So ultimately, what's the prediction here for United Liverpool? Another nil nil? Maybe a, maybe a one nil win for Liverpool. Um, I think, uh, no, I, I think there's goals in this game. Uh, I'll, I'll, maybe, maybe it's like a two, two draw or something like that. I, I don't want to get too bogged down in these predictions here. Cause you know, this is not our, our game is not predictions, you know, but I, I do think that we'll see, as you said last week, it's what is it? The lowest form of prediction journalism? is the lowest form of journalism. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> obviously we're accredited journalists here. All right. So the next fixture is Everton versus Brighton, the form team, Brighton. Going to Goodison Park, Everton, absolute garbage. Um, I, I'm trying to work this one into my repertoire. I heard Pete Donaldson on Football Ramble describe something as absolute toilet. So uh, going <laughs> yeah. to describe Everton as as toilet right now. It's just a weird, like, the whole thing is weird with them. Like, they just, they should be better. And I, I guess they just bought too many players. And there's just... And they're bringing in young players, too, but then they still kind of have this old guard. And, you know, Ashley Williams can't stop making gigantic mistakes. And it's just a, it's just a weird mix of – he's a cook. He's, he's completely finished. It's just a, it's a weird mix of, of players. And, you know, I think that it's, this is not anything that people haven't heard before. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, they have been okay at home. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think they – I think that I, I think there are some goals in this game. I may end up bringing in an Everton – um, an Everton attacker for this fixture. Ooh, tell um, me more. Who, yeah. Who's on the radar? I don't know. I mean, Walcott, it doesn't appeal. I, I guess I would look at Gilfie Sigurdsson. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's just a little more fun to bring in. He is more fun. He looks, he looks to be the best player in that outfit right now. And the only problem with Sigurdsson is he costs a lot of money. Yeah, and just do I want to load up? The, part of the problem, too, is do I really want to load up an Everton player's when, you know, going into game week 32 and 33, they play Man City and Liverpool. So, you know, I really don't want to have more than, than one or maybe two total players from Everton. Yeah. Um, well, so Leighton Baines is on the bench games. now. Where does that put your beloved Cuckoo Martina? Uh, assist do, King Cuckoo Martina. Well, yeah. he's given the assist king title to Venteke. Uh Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> look good for, for Cuckoo, but um, 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how things uh, how things get rejiggered with Ashley Williams out for a few games. Maybe, maybe Cuckoo finds a finds a home. You think Cuckoo can play uh, central defense? <laughs> I don't know, but we'll we'll see. <laughs> put him put him anywhere, Sam. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. So playing so, was, was a forward. Can we seriously <laughs> talk about Glenn Murray though? I mean, the the um, the the sublime and the ridiculous in Brighton's <laughs> match against Arsenal with yeah. Glenn Murray. He continues to score goals, but there are multiple times in which Glenn Murray received the ball in space where he was effectively one on one with Czech, but he he had it like a good forty yards to cover, and he was just like, <laughs> "Nope, not doing yeah, that." There was that one at the end where he just gave up. He just like was like, "No, I can't." It would have won the. It was a two one game. It wasn't like it was like a four one, and he was like, "Yeah." He just was like, "Nope, I can't. I can't run that far. It's too far." But I think the statistic is 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 only Salah and Aguero have more goals than in the league yeah. than Glenn Murray in this calendar year. So. Yes, he he has five five goals in the last five games. So very, very impressive return. I think like three or four of those are penalties. You know, he's kind of like a, in that Milivojevic category. But, uh, you know, 11 goals in the season. Um, yeah. You know, so not not bad. Were it not for the blank, uh, they, they're away to Everton, then the blank. But two home fixtures against Leicester and Huddersfield, not, yeah. not exceptional defenses there. Yeah. Would, so would, it's an interesting yeah. hold if you have them. He is. Uh, yeah, you were talking about, and yeah, you're right. I mean, really through game week 34, the fixtures are good, but they they, ha- they must have the single worst final five fixtures of any team. They play uh, Spurs at home, Burnley away, Man United at home, Liverpool yeah. away, and Man City away. Yeah, now the, the Telegraph chart that I cited earlier has Brighton dead last in, um, yeah. in great run-ins. The, them and West Ham and Stoke. Yeah, it's really, really brutal run. Um, all right, so... Yeah. We, okay. Everton, Brighton. Um, if, yeah, if, I think, yeah, I think, I think your Everton, point is if if you're looking to if you're looking to play Everton in game week 31, go ahead and bring them in for 30. Yeah. Bite Congrats, the bullet. Yeah. If you're if you're you know uh, if you got some jammy Brighton points off the bench, congratulations this game week. You're not going to have Peter Check to help you out in game week 30. <laughs> so I think I think those points might dry up. Uh, Huddersfield Swansea is kind of a fun game. That's like a for sure a relegation fixture. Definitely, uh, Jordan Ayew, my my main man. Uh, I like him in this this match, but Huddersfield should take some strength from their recent run of form. I think they've, even though they 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 capitulated to Spurs, I think they they look decent enough and. Uh, I, I don't think that Spurs, uh, Swansea, um, despite destroying West Ham, are going to blow Huddersfield out of the water. Uh, there's <laughs> no, no, there's no captaincy yeah. option here for the likes of IU or or Key for that matter. No, I mean what's what's funny is you know it's not even I don't think either of these teams are in you know massive danger of being relegated. I mean no. maybe Huddersfield a little more so, um, but you know I mean you know. Uh, uh, excuse me, um, Swansea are up to 13th, uh, kind of amazingly, right? Because they were like yeah. bared at the bottom of the table for, for you know, the, basically the entire season. You know, how does it feel they're in 15th? You know, they're only three points above the drop, but, you know, at this point, I'd, I'd favor a- them. As over, are Swansea, you know, they're on the same points, 30 points. Oh, you're right. Yeah, massive, <laughs> massive goal differential, though. Yes. That's like yeah. an extra point. It is. Yeah, it, it, given <laughs> the situation, it certainly is. Right, you're right. Okay, yeah, they're fine. They're only one more point above the drop, but they're not going down, Brandon. There's, do you think there's any chance that Swansea goes down at this point? No. Any chance? No, absolutely not. I think, 
you you talk about it with the likes of Arsenal and Chelsea. There is no esprit de corps with those teams. Not that they're in danger. No. Swansea, they have it. They have the esprit de corps. It's amazing. Get those AU boys going. I know. Yeah, go Ghana. All right. Uh, so yeah, a hard game to predict. All that being said, right? I, I would I would believe either team winning this match. Yeah, fun fun game. Feel free to play your assets if you have them. Go nuts. Go crazy. Yeah, uh, Newcastle, Southampton, pass. Um, so I, I don't think we need to talk too much about um, about West Brom, Leicester, but um, West Brom, Brandon. I mean, I, I guess you were right, right. I mean, they almost they almost kept a clean sheet in the Watford game, and yeah, you know, Hagazi, your boy, almost came through. I, I know he did. I was kind of banking on that one, though. To my credit, I, I learned from game week twenty eight. I did not preemptively load clean sheets into my team before the ninetieth minute. So you can't blame me for Higazi losing his clean sheet. <laughs> uh, I mean, if if West Brom are going to stand a chance, uh, which, I mean, they're relegated at this point. It's kind of not worth talking about. Sure. But they will have to push to keep some clean sheets in the coming weeks. I have to I have to lean into Higazi, just given that they have a fixture in 31. And I will play them against Leicester. And uh, the other interesting talking point about this fixture is Mahrez. He's kind of a um, a bandwagon at the moment. Sure. And I think Leicester have the players to score against West Brom, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but I'll still play Higazi. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, they're at home. I, I think that's reasonable. It was, it was kind of, I mean, Leicester almost almost didn't score, right? I mean, it was a very late free kick. I mean, the last kick of the game, basically. Um, I do think Leicester win this game. I actually think they win this game pretty easily. Um, I think that Mares goal might be the kind of goal. They just needed a little something, you know? It was like maybe they just felt like they needed a little, you know, maybe they push on for a Europa League spot now or something. It, it, it is one of the more ridiculous defensive walls you'll see in your life, that Bournemouth wall that let uh, Mares' well-taken free kick. I'll grant him that, but... yeah. Um, it was. I, it was. I don't know if they were tired or, or what exactly. It's Monday uh, night on the yeah. East Coast in the <clears> States, <throat> nine p.m. I am absolutely stunned that there is not a report on Pardue's sacking at West Brom. <laughs> I. What's the point? True. <laughs> like, I mean, what, uh, yeah. It's uh, like uh, what? Uh, I mean, uh, you're seven uh, points <laughs> above nineteenth place. I mean, you're just. It's over. I think like, that. Get, I think it, they have to win six match, six of their next nine matches to survive. It's obviously yeah. not going to happen, but they should. At le- there should be punitive measures taken taken against Pardew. <laughs> they need to at least publicly yeah. humiliate him. I think they want him for next year. I think they're just like. I mean, I I don't rate Pardew highly either, but I, I think they're just like. Yeah, let's just go. I feel bad because there are a lot of listeners of the podcast who are. We have a, a large contingent of West Brom fans, you know, Richard Orford and, and many others. Um, so I, I, I feel bad for West Brom, even though I, I hate to watch them play. I, I will I will happily admit. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I'm, I'm secretly kind of delighted that they're going to be going down this year. And sure. apologies to all West Brom fans. It's it's not it's not you. It's it's your team of aging 30-something defenders yeah, that I just, I, like, had my fantasy team for the last eight years. I can't wait to see which promoted team signs Jay Rodriguez in the summer. <laughs> it could be a good thing, right? This is kind of like, yeah. it's like Aston Villa. Like, they're kind of on their way back up now. It looks like they might get promoted this year automatically. It's like, you got to come, sometimes it's like you come back better, you know? So, yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, West, uh, West Ham, Burnley. I'm kind of, this is like a good pure watch for me. I don't have any players in, yeah. in this game. Uh, I 
I think West Ham, they've got a couple goals in the middle in every game, like you said. They're in a little bit of trouble, though. So, I mean, this is a pretty important game for them. Yeah, and this is part of the pure tantric experience of owning a Burnley defensive asset, be it Ben (laughs) Mee or Nick Pope. The clean sheet will come, and I don't mean that euphemistically. Um, (laughs) But... uh, I yeah I I won't I won't rest until there is a, a a Burnley clean sheet. It's it's amazing that I mean how how long are we? So they have not had a clean sheet since was it game week eighteen? Is that possible? Let's see. I think they've had uh, the last one was game week twenty one actually against Huddersfield in a classic nil nil draw there. Ah, uh, right. And me, me got a, um, a yellow card in that game, so you didn't even get the full six points in that game. So. Never, never satisfied with Ben Me. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, but yeah, I, I still don't see it happening. Burnley are going to be away from home. I think that they're they're starting to feel the length and breadth of the season, and. Mm-hmm. You only hold on to Ben Me for the hopes of of some future return, but I think the Burnley ex- the the Burnley experience is over. Full stop. You know, Me has only missed two games this season, and they were both one nil wins. Um, so I want. I mean, is Me the problem? <laughs> is it no, me, Brandon? Uh, yeah, it it is you. It is you are the problem. It's not. It's not Pope. It's me. That's what you're saying. <laughs> All right. Chelsea Crystal Palace, the final match on Saturday. We talked about this game a little bit, so uh, I don't think we need to go on too long here. I, I obviously I think that Chelsea will win this game, but um, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to imagine a, like a, a, a five nothing thrashing, right? It, does, it seems like yeah. like two nothing win or something. It's like a classic that. FPL stay the course fixture. If you've sure. been playing Chelsea assets like Alonso, or if you've uh, you've made room for Hazard in your midfield. Just run them out. What's the worst that could happen? Yep. Yep, exactly. Uh, Sunday's match, Arsenal-Watford. A couple questions here about Arsenal. James Bishop says, uh, the Gooners have a pretty good run-in. After they get tonked by AC Milano, is it worth investing? Uh, typically, they end the season well, but it seems like this time they've already decamped to Ibiza. I think I said that correctly. Uh, you did. In order, nice. to finally, in order to finally force Wenger out. Thoughts? Could you invest in anyone from Arsenal right now? Would you? Would you dare do it, Brandon? No, no, yeah. Um, yeah. absolutely not. <laughs> you need that win first. You need you need something good to happen. Yeah, they're like they need. It's 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 a sad situation, and and I think it's just so sad. I mean, I, Chris Howell said I would like a therapy session for Arsenal supporters. Um, you know, I am an Arsenal supporter. This is. It's amazing how much how many bad times I've gone through as an Arsenal fan, but I, I do think this is really the worst. I think this is I don't think it's ever been worse than this. I mean, they just spent like two hundred million dollars buying like some of the oldest players in, in professional football and and they're not even good. Like it's just it's just a it's a sad time. So I I don't know. I mean, maybe their collection of forty somethings can 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 finish in fourth next year, but it's yeah. it's looking uh, grim. Everyone's flagging game week thirty-two. I think I think rightfully so. Arsenal could possibly be an investment opportunity in thirty-two. They've got a decent four-week four-week run. Stoke, uh-huh. Southampton, Newcastle, West Ham before they hit United in thirty-six. Right. Uh, but before then, and I guess it's Watford is their last chance to impress us. But at this point, their assets are too expensive and their form is too dire. 
and uh, yeah, not worth it. Not worth it. Um, yeah, not worth it at all. Um, and I mean, I have McIntyre, and I'm not going to drop him, obviously, but it's uh, it's it's not a fun time. Um, I certainly wouldn't recommend Aubameyang right now because the the team is still a little in flux right now too, and so you know even. Yeah, someone like Aaron Ramsey gets rested despite the fact that they just lost two matches in a row. It just it's a weird I don't know if like I don't know. I mean maybe there's something going on there, but as far as we know there was no injury. It was just a strange just strange all in all. Um Jaka kinda continues to weirdly tick along with some attacking returns. He's been Yeah, he's on corner kicks. Yeah. Uh, he's been a weird pick this season. Um he's probably come through as much as any other Arsenal player. Yeah. Yeah, if he were like 4.7, maybe I'd consider him. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I think that they might kick Watford's ass, actually. It's possible, but it's, it's just hard to predict. I mean, you'd have to be more hopeful than I am. Uh, Bournemouth Spurs. Now, speaking of ass kickings, I think Spurs are going to win this game <laughs> really handily. Like, they're going to, like, really clobber them, I think. Yeah, they've got the uh, the tough Champions League fixture hosting Juventus on Wednesday, and but then mm-hmm. they, they've... They've got off until Sunday for this match. So, I mean, you probably read that as they'll come off of playing a really great European power powerhouse. They'll be uh, tactically fresh. Uh, Isn't that be... Juve game actually after the um, after this fixture? No, they play on the 7th of March. So, oh, they do. Okay. So, yeah. That's, so that's uh, just just to refresh everybody, on Tuesday, Liverpool are at Anfield hosting Porto, and that is yeah. probably not an FPL factor because they they're ahead aggregate five nil on Porto. So right. Klopp is not going to run anybody uh, into the ground there. Right. And then on Wednesday, City hosts Basel. Similar situation. They're up four nil on Basel. I'm curious to see if De Bruyne plays in that game. And uh, Spurs tied on aggregate with Juve, though they're ahead on away goals 2-2. Uh, so they do have a tough fixture on Wednesday, but I think it could serve to benefit them yep. uh, going to Bournemouth. But yeah, Win so, or lose, really, right? If they, uh-huh. if they win, they might be riding high. If they lose, um, they might want you know to take it out on somebody. So either yep. way, I would not want to be the team that played them after this fixture. <laughs> Yeah, so I, here herein lies the 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 subtweeting of game week thirty one. Everyone who decided to bring in Ben Davies because actually Spurs have a good defense, mm-hmm. uh, they're doing pretty well. Uh, those those managers and Davies looks pretty nailed on at the moment. How do you feel about that one? Uh, yeah, I, I I like it. I mean, I. I guess I'm still just I'm inherently kind of cautious, and I think that Danny Rose might get some minutes from him at some point, especially in the double game weeks to come. But, I mean, you can't argue with his ridiculous returns. I mean, uh, 6, 8, 6, 1, 12, 7, 6 in the last seven. Yeah. Um, you know, fantastic returns. I mean, Vertonghen is back and healthy, so that that's a good sign. He did pick up uh, eight points um, in the 2-0 mm-hmm. when uh, Huddersfield. So, yeah, it looked decent. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, very solid. Um, and yeah, I, I actually like the idea of bringing in this first defender. I, I've seriously thought about it. I mean, I think if I if I don't if I decide to go you know super light on game week thirty one, I might just bring in a Spurs defender because you know they do have a double game week coming up too. Um, so so then real talk is even though they blank in thirty one, you would consider bringing in Davies or Vertonghen for game week thirty. 
Yeah, I would consider it. Um, I don't think the way my team is set up, I would do that. I don't think it's. I don't. If I want to bring in like a either Gilfie or Mane in game week thirty-one, um, I need I need more points, and I, I mean I need more um, I need more just more money to do that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and in order to do that, I actually need to sell Marcus Alonso, but I can't sell Marcus Alonso before a home fixture to Crystal Palace. So. <laughs> Um, so I, I don't think I'll actually bring in um, bring in Vertonghen, but what I'm thinking about doing is having two transfers going into game week 31, and just not using both of my transfers, mm-hmm. um, and just and just going with eight players in game week 31, possibly seven if Matina doesn't play. But I just don't see a lot of points there, um, and then having two fi- two transfers going into game week 32. So yeah, I like yeah. that strategy. Yeah, it might work. I mean, I probably I can I I can definitely see myself just like deciding to go all in in 31 because I won't be able to. To resist, you know, I love a little edge, but you know, we'll we'll see, we'll see. Keep keep them guessing, Josh. Keep them guessing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, final fixture: Stoke Man City. We talked about this already. Um, kind of a hard game to talk about too much. I think we need to see um, who plays for Man City at midweek. Um, obviously, we'd expect Man City to win this game, um, probably pretty handily, no matter who they roll out there. So. Um, yeah, this was the stumbling block for anyone who um, didn't bring in Shakiri even though he blanked in 29, still looking like kind of like a, a favorite to play in game weight 31. Yep. And so I think, I think Shakiri look for him to jump in price immediately following this, this Monday fixture when people think, okay, yep. we're, we're now, we're now bringing, or, or they immediately bring in Shakiri when the window opens up on Saturday morning. Right. Um, yeah, but I, I don't, I don't peg Stoke to do anything in this game. Uh, yeah, just one one last question here. Jonathan Mills says, uh, which Man City player is going to finish the season strong? Uh, Bruno Silva, David Silva, Sané, Jesus, uh, Aguero, De Bruyne, Sterling, and how many is it worth having? Uh, then he has a pop in and says, Gondouan, Walker, Odomende, <laughs> Emerson, pretty much everyone. Yeah. They have an incredibly easy run-in, but it is tricky because they will have lapped up the league with probably four or five weeks to spare, and yeah. there will be no reason for him to run out the strongest eleven week in and week out. So, I, I especially against some really easy teams, um, yeah. and it's going to be a ridiculous challenge for fantasy managers to yeah. to <laughs> captain these players and they may not play to not have them when the fixtures are so good. So we're just going to table that until let's at least wait until game week like thirty three or something before we really get into that. Yeah, I, I do think Ederson is one to flag here. If in the in your wild card, I think, I mean, it's a goalkeeper. Obviously, he's like least likely to be rotated. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's, you, you see, backup keepers come in for cup runs, and Claudio Bravo has done just that for Man City. I don't think Bravo is suddenly going to come in and play for City. In the league, so I think Ederson is probably the most nailed on. And I do have this, I think I've mentioned this a few times before, this pet theory that De Bruyne is is on like an Oscar season campaign to mm-hmm. be PFA player of the year. Right, and I think he'll, right. he's going to want to play as many games as possible, even yeah, if they don't need to win. Yeah, mentioned just, that just 30 minutes ago, in fact. <laughs> I did, <laughs> didn't I? Uh, all right, Brendan, let's take a quick break. And uh, I think we... Uh, I think we only have a, we have a very short lightning round today, so let's let's take a break and then we'll get back to it. Same old podcast, always Brandon, we're back before we get any further. Starting eleven, we had a prize pack giveaway 
uh, this last weekend. Uh, you have told me not to tell be, tell anybody how many people participated, but it was a lot. I will tell you that. <laughs> it's man. a confidential was, number. It's a confidential number, but it really was quite a lot. Uh, and you can even see it on, on, on social media. A lot of people were... We're, um, we're playing for the first time, actually, which was really cool. Um, and uh, I guess that's people love swag, don't they? It's like, it's like when I go to a conference, swag. I can't resist a tote bag. You know, <laughs> I just love any, any swag. Yeah, the, 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 the constant refrain at like a work conference booth is, is this free? Can I just take this? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but so, yeah, Starting Eleven hooked us up with some cool stuff. Yeah. A Starting Eleven t-shirt, a, a refrigerator magnet, sticker, a great notebook to keep keep all key notes about what you're going to do in the double game week or with your daily fantasy team. So we're giving this away and we challenged our listeners to see who could challenge you or me, Josh, and who could yep. get the highest score on Saturday with the all the fixtures happening. And we have a winner who has proven to be a pretty... Uh, a pretty difficult matchup for me in particular in starting 11 challenges this season uh, and came in with a whopping 206.5 points. It is California's own Stephen Toomey who wins the prize pack this week. So congratulations to Stephen. We're going to get that in the mail to you right away. And uh, yep. if you're still interested in playing uh, starting 11, you don't have to wait for another prize pack because you can play the app anytime in which there are at least two um, Premier League fixtures happening. How do people play, Josh? Uh, they Lots of different ways, Brandon. They can uh, download the app on uh, iOS or Android. Uh, they can learn more about it first if they'd like uh, by going to starting11. That's that's the numbers 11.io. Um, they can even listen back to a bonus podcast that we did with uh, Starting 11 co-founder Thomas Braun. Uh, you'll find that in our fall list of episodes. You can find that on our SoundCloud page or um, it's actually just in our iTunes list of episodes too. You can find it there. Um, and if you have any questions, you can just uh, DM us on Twitter or Facebook. Um, and yeah, if you're if you're feeling the doldrums of the of the FPL season right now, this is a nice way to to break things up. If you haven't wildcarded since game week two and you're waiting until game week thirty three or something because you want to play you know perfect strategy, uh, this is a nice way to finally drop some of that dead weight from your team and yeah. uh, and start fresh with a, with a brand new squad. And it could be particularly fun in game week thirty one. Um, you know, you can certainly get a full 11, uh, even, even with only four matches, you can certainly get a full complement of 11 players, uh, into your squad. So, um, and once again, uh, visit starting11.io, uh, to learn more and, uh, you can download the, uh, the app on, uh, iOS and Android. And, and congratulations, Stephen. Well done, Stephen. You beat me for the 50th time this season. It's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's only fitting that you win a prize. So congratulations. Uh, all right, let's move on to the lightning round. Uh, just two quick questions here, Brandon. Uh, first one comes from Nav555. He says, any players worth taking a hit for in game week 31? This is assuming you already have three Liverpool. Yeah, we mentioned him earlier, Shakiri. I think he's going to be the um, potential dark horse. Or I think yep. you can't even call him a dark horse, dark horse anymore because he is a form FPL player right now. Right. So I, I think it's it's three Liverpool assets. The big question I think, and we we could talk about this, is do you go Mane or a Liverpool defender? Right. And I think, I that, think is, that yeah. For <laughs> that me, that could no, be the thing that me, makes no, or breaks thirty-one. Yeah, Firmino and Salah being kind of the two, the two kind of must-have players. They have to be a lot. Yeah, yep. That, yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that really is. I mean, I, I mean, I think if you're wild carding in game week thirty-two or thirty-three, it's certainly. 
reasonable to consider burning points. I mean, I think, uh, you know, you're, I mean, those players aren't going to be in your squad very long. And if, if you're getting, you know, zero points anyway, um, you know, it's probably, it's probably worth the risk. You know, I mean, it, it might only, you know, it ultimately only costs you two points if you bring in like a midfielder, let's say. Um, yeah. You know, even if, even if all I do is just get two points. So, uh, kind of a you know low risk, possibly high reward situation. Someone like Aaron Moy could be interesting. You know he's a player that's not too hard to bring in. Uh, something like five point three million, uh, but could really go off in that you know Huddersfield Crystal Palace match. Speaking of transfers, where do you stand with Raheem Sterling? Are you looking to drop this dude or what? Yeah, we probably should have talked about him sooner. Um, I don't. I don't really know. Um, I'm really on the fence about it. I mean, I guess. Um, I guess we'll see. You know, presumably he plays in the um, in the Champions League match in a couple days. Um, you know, you could argue it's good that he's getting some rest now. Um, yeah. You know, I think uh, he's, he's certainly played a lot this season. Yeah. Um, I guess you can't you can't drop him before an away game to Stoke, can you? You know, it's just it's a hard <laughs> it's a hard time to drop him. Uh, yeah. I kind of wish I could. I mean, if it was just. You know, if he, if he was just out, it'd be so easy for me to just to bring in money right now. I'd just do it a week early um, yeah. and hope he did something in the Man United match. But um, I don't know. I, I don't know that it's uh, that it's. I, I think it's like it's still a wait and see for me. And I really hope I don't. I don't go three consecutive weeks with him. Uh, you know, ultimately not playing at all. Yeah, I generally agree in that. I wish it were a decision that I would have to make when I play my wild card eventually, but. Sterling is that player in my squad right now where he looks like if I if I move, I'm struggling to figure out how I can turn a 4.4 player like um, uh, Loftus-Cheek into Shakiri. Yeah, very. It's very tricky. So like in that position where I don't want to lose any of my good players going into 31. But if yeah. I commit to dropping Sterling, then sky's the limit. Um, yeah, I still don't have so much value in him. You know, I bought him at seven yeah. point eight or 7.9 you know he's he's at you know it's i could sell him for 8.3 his price is 8.7 it's it's just hard to let go of him but um you know i you know if you, if you moved a week early on him then you know congratulations because it was you know if, i guess if i had known he wasn't going to play this weekend i might have considered moving him to Monet right away you yeah. know for that for the newcastle game my last question about um burning transfer points going into 31 is is it worth parsing burning four on a defender versus a midfielder? And I guess you can you can justify it by saying, well, if you brought in a defender for game week thirty one four weeks ago, it's just the same. Uh, like you're burning points one yeah. way or another, setting up for thirty one. It, it's but just I, it's just so low reward with it with the defender. I feel yeah. like right. I mean, in most cases, the best case scenario is six points which means you're burning four in the hope to gain two points. Yeah. But all it takes is one set piece or corner kick to, to lose those points. And I, I don't know. So it's just, you know, this is why like, it just, I, I think the same rules apply, which is just that burning four for defenders is often a losing proposition. Yeah, I think you're right. So the, the goal for game week 31 is just to go for the gold, go for the attacking points as best you can. Yeah, I think so. And, and it, you know, it's actually, it's interesting. It leads us into the final question, which is from Tom Smith. It's more of a, somewhere between a question and a rant. He says, uh, how many more games do I have, do I give high-priced bums, outright slackers, and general wasters, uh, such as De Gea and Alonzo? Uh, he says, my axe is being, being wielded. 
That is that is yeah, threatening. This is exactly. We had to report him to the authorities. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, it's true. De Gea is is kind of he's been a season keeper for me, but he is getting my last nerve because uh, you know we're talking about Man City defense or Man yeah. City goalkeeper and Spurs defense. There are much better clean sheet possibilities out there at the moment. Yeah, it's 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 not his. I mean, it's Chris Smalling more than De Gea. Like, you know, De Gea is a great keeper, and it's just his, his defense is really letting him down. The fact that Mourinho hasn't been able to settle a back four all season is kind of insane. I yeah, I'm mean, like Luke Shaw. Just I don't know. I know a lot of people said he looked like a little like overweight uh, when, he, when he came. A real fat today. guy. <laughs> um, yeah, I grew up in the Midwest, so I, I know what a real fat guy looks like. It, it was definitely not Luke Shaw. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, there's only there's only what like you know 18 percent of the season left. I mean, now is the time to you know team value. Is, you know, now is the time when you you cash that in and and yeah. you know you can you can really look at fixtures and um, I mean now wouldn't be a bad time, especially if you've got that wild card coming up. If you, if you just decide straight up today, I am not going to. Um, I'm I'm not going to keep De Gea through my wild card. Then, you know, then then great. Like now is a good chance to you know to to move him on for a cheap player and free up some money for for 31 or 32 and you know before your wild card. So um, yeah, I mean Alonso, I think you've got to keep at least their game week 30, um, just because they are home to Crystal Palace. It's you know an excellent chance for a clean sheet for them. Um, you know after that. You know, I mean, after that, it's it's it, it is got the a wild and west. Yeah, exactly. Game week thirty is our last normal game week, and from that <laughs> yeah. point forward, it is all out in FPL insanity. Yeah. So right. in, enjoy it while you can. You, I think, on that note, that that's the podcast, Brandon. Uh, you can support us on uh, Patreon, Patreon dot com slash Always Cheating. Uh, we thank thank all our Patreon supporters. Um, you know, so much every episode is really so much appreciated. Um, and it makes it a lot easier for us to do this podcast, which is, uh, um, you know, on a bad game week like today, Brandon, it's, it's really the Patreon supporters that, that keep me doing the podcast. It, not that I would give it up at all, but there are just times when I'm like, oh, I just, I, you know, I just, Absolutely. Like, I'm getting, I get burned out. And then I'm just like, you know what? People are actually supporting this podcast. It's on us to really, to, to do our best job and, and really, and really put together a, you know, a podcast that might be interesting for people. So, uh, thank you in particular to Patreon supporters and you know, anyone who listens at all, of course. Um, you know, it's really, it's always appreciated and, um, you subscribe to the podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher and Google play, uh, and you know, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and, uh, what else, Brandon? You got to follow us on SoundCloud. You can leave real time comments right there in, uh, in the midst of our audio tracks. Also follow us on Twitter. We're approaching 4,000 Twitter followers there, uh, which is pretty awesome. That's At Hail Cheaters. With no a part of tricks, Brandon. That's a, that's a no, clean no. 4,000. No, no, like, you know, or no bot games. Free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Took forever. Uh-huh. And uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash always cheating. And of course, as I am fond of saying, if you zoned out while we were running off all those social media handles, Please just go to the easy to remember alwayscheating.com. You can hear the cops behind me. Uh, they know this is this is too hot for TV, alwayscheating.com. So if you want to find out what the cops are coming to get me for, go to, uh, I'll say it again, alwayscheating.com. All the links and everything you need, it's right there. Excellent. Uh, well, thank you for listening. And Brandon, good luck this weekend. Uh, it's the calm before the storm. I am, I'm looking forward to it. Indeed. Enjoy. Hail Poku. 
Hale Sorlot, who played well today. Looked good. Still no attacking points for Sorlot, though. They'll, they're coming. They're coming. Don't you worry. Sir Mick Sorlot. <laughs> All right, Brandon. Cheers. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.